This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell. He's Brian Broaddus. You guys know all that. Look, I know normally we jump right into these these intros. I want to cut right through it because I want to make sure that I've got your attention right at the very beginning to tell you, you can come hang out with the entire Love of the Star team on Tuesday night if you're in the Dallas area. Me, Brian, Peyton Russell, our producer, we're all going to be hanging out at Boomer Jack's. 10250, our wonderful sponsor here at Love of the Star, Boomer Jacks. 10250 Technology Boulevard in Dallas at 7 o'clock. We're going to be watching the Dallas Stars, who I'm representing today with my Miro Haskinen jersey. Uh, we're going to be watching the Stars, but we're going to be talking about Cowboys, too, if you come up and want to ask us stuff about them. So come hang out with us at Boomer Jacks. We keep telling you guys about them. We know you guys love them as much as we do. Um, but we're excited to be able to hang out with some Love of the Star listeners. So, again, that's 10250 Technology Boulevard in Dallas, 7 p.m. Tuesday, May 23rd. And so with that, because uh, I want to get that out of the way very quickly, uh, good day to you, Brian Broaddus. How are you? I'm doing very well, Robert. And, yes, I'm looking forward to uh, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or surrounding areas and want to get over to us and be happy to sit down and uh, and uh, answer any questions, uh, You know, have some really good food, beverages, talk a little stars, talk uh, a lot of Dallas Cowboys if you want. So, uh, I, I can't wait to uh, can't wait to hang out with everybody there uh, on Tuesday night. Now, one of the things uh, we have asked is is we've started telling you guys we're going to ask you questions that you can either tweet us your answers to, or uh, specifically if you watch us on the YouTube, you can leave your comment there. So last week, you remember we asked you who would be the week one starter at left guard in 2023. Uh, we'll give some of your answers at the end of the mailbag segment. Shout out some of the YouTube followers there. Uh, but today's question for you to answer on this video that we'll give answers for next week. Uh, the question is, will Michael Gallup have a bounce back season in 2023? So just drop us your answers here on the YouTube uh, and we'll shout some of you out next week, and we'll get your answers on left guard a little bit later in the show. Before we jump into the the segment, Brian, uh, you got any thoughts on if Michael Gallup's going to have a bounce back year in twenty? You know what? Yeah, I you know th- to me there were so many things that were going on that we were learning about with Michael Gallup. Uh, he and Britt Brown, the associate athletic trainer, did a heck of a job that uh, to even get ready uh, for the the season. Uh, you know, there was a lot of work that we as uh, media members as fans we, we didn't get to see everything that they did but you could tell yeah. you know Gallup 
uh, you know, came back, he, you know, he, there was, there was just that little bit of doubt in his mind. And I think Britt did a really good job of, of working with him. Uh, you know, so, you know, you just got to kind of, you know, you just got to take it as, as it goes and, and, and think that, you know what, he just wasn't ready to, to participate, but I'm, I'm feeling like a year removed. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I think the addition, I think the addition of Brandon Cooks also helps. And I'll say it helps in this way. When all of a sudden you bring in a high profile receiver and you're supposed to be a high profile receiver, that those are the types of things that get your attention. And I I will I will say that uh I think Michael Gallup. He realizes when you know he walks on that practice field and he sees Brandon Cooks out there catching footballs, he's going to know he has to step up his game too. So I think there's some extra motivation for him just because of who the Cowboys added. Because let's be honest, CeeDee Lamb's the number one receiver on this team. Michael Gallup was supposed to be the number two receiver on this team. You add a guy like Brandon Cooks, that would get my attention really fast. You are either going to you're going to rise and thrive or you're going to fail and they will find a way to move on from your contract. You know, there's, there's, this is very, this is a very cut and dry season in my opinion uh, for Michael Gallup. So with that in mind, that'll be one thing potentially we could be watching. We have OTAs coming up this week, Brian, which are uh, voluntary quote unquote, uh, you know, something that is voluntary, but realistically they expect everybody to be there. Uh, and typically, I think the Cowboys have pretty close to 100% attendance. Um, but we'll be out there hopefully getting a chance to glean maybe if we see any sort of little nuance differences with the offense. Uh, and, and, you know, I know that'll be one thing that we have our eyes on. It's going to be the the questions about uh, where the scheme is at and if we see any changes there. Uh, and then also the other aspect of this that we're going to be looking at, I think, is just how some of the personnel is lining up, like, like which personnel packages are combined and, and we're using up. But uh, Brian, is there a, a particular thing you're looking forward to uh, with the Cowboys as they enter OTAs here? Yeah. What I'm looking for in OTAs, Bobby, is that you always, you know, this is a good opportunity. Yeah. You're not, uh, you know, in full pads or anything like that, but we'll be an Oxstart, but you could start to see where they're thinking about lining guys up, whether that's guys like, uh, you know, uh, overshone where uh, we're going to see Parsons. Is he going to be more of a linebacker? I mean, we know he's an end, you know, how about some of these, these cornerbacks, you know, they got a lot of these guys who's going to play in the slot with the, the twos, who's the one slot, you know, who's, who are some of the different pairings that we might see at safety? You know, what are some of the offensive line, uh, uh, combinations what's happening at the left guard? You know, are we talking about, Hey, Oh, we weren't thinking about Farniak here. Well, he looks like he's running with the twos now. You know, those are the kinds of things I think that you could get out of the OTA practices of just to where they think that they might, uh, you know, might be willing to line guys up going into the season. When you enter OTA, so I know, were you here uh, during the uh, the famous, uh, was it Darren or Troy Hambrick that had the quote about what do voluntary mean with OTAs? Were you here for that? Yes, I was. And and who was it? Was it Dr- Troy or Darren? Darren. Darren. How did first off? I'm curious. How did that play in the building? And- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait 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 wait. It might have been Troy. Darn it! 
Oh, who was it? It might have been Derek. It might have been. It might have been Derek. It might have been. I think it was Darren. I think it was Darren. Darren I think it was Darren. So, so, so A, how does that play with people in the building that happens? And B, uh, talk about that angle. We we prefaced it a little bit leading into this, but but the idea of it's voluntary. I think it's It's truly not voluntary. It's one of the handbricks. Yeah. It was one of the handbricks. And it was actually pretty. I mean, that just shows you how, like, sometimes my memory comes and goes about that. But no. uh, It was Darren Hambrick. Darren Hambrick. Okay. There we go. So, yeah, the uh, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, we weren't a very good team, you know, and it, and it just wasn't. And so when you start to think about what we need to do and, and now you're starting to question the players you have, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, what are we what are we doing here? Why? Why do we have this guy on the team? You know, you know, there's all these thoughts come in your head about your roster and. Do you have the right guys? And but yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know, just to think that you just, you know, the whole thing with the OTAs, you know, you you want everybody there. The mini camps, you want everybody there. You want everybody working. There's there's really no excuse. Uh, you know, there's excuses when you live like you're you're the Green Bay Packers, you know, or uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I mean, this is maybe Buffalo uh, back in the day. I'm just talking about places where people don't make home, you know, yeah. where, where, you know, Hey, we had a lot of players that didn't train in green Bay trained at all other parts of the country, California, Texas, Florida. We didn't have everybody in green Bay, but there's no excuse for not having everybody in, in Dallas. You know, this is just where, you know, the location, where you live, quality of life, all that stuff is, there's just no reason not to, you know, not to have people questioning, what you're doing. We've had a lot of discussion. Obviously I, I don't believe Terrence Steele's going to be anywhere near uh, being able to participate. Maybe we see him off doing some resistance cords or something, but I, I don't think we're going to see him uh, out there in any form or fashion. So is one of the things you want to get a look at this week is just what is Tyron Smith doing? What is yeah. Smith yeah. doing? Like where are these guys working? Are they splitting time anywhere? Or are they just focused on, on one position? Yeah, I think that, and I mentioned it earlier that to me, the when you you just want to watch and see where guys are lining up, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not so much interested in in ball as I am is awesome uh, Richards and well, let's go and Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith and 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 uh, and Barniak and Barniak yeah. and guys like that. That's where I'm more interested in. You know, where are these guys? Uh, you know that 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 just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of they're they're in these practices. They want to just take a peek and see, like, okay, well, you know, what does what does Golston look like as a three technique? What does you know what does Fahoko look like as a three? You know, I mean, there there's you could you could get a you could gauge a little bit of like the quickness, the fit how he looks in the offense or the defense, the player. So, yeah, it's it's not all about the competition, but it's really about where they're going to line up because when you know where they're going to line up, then you can get an idea of how things are going to play out in training camp and what plan they have going forward into the season. Is there a particular coach you're going to have an eye on, see how they're working with players, how they're interacting with players? When, maybe yeah. Machine? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think – you know, there's some big changes. 
uh, you know, with that offensive line spot with Mike Solari, you know, uh, being the the new guy. I, I'm interested. I had a feel for how Joe Philbin practiced. I had a feel a feel for how Joe Philbin's coaching style was. Uh, you know how he would he would he would ride those young players, you know, pretty hard uh, on stuff. But you know, you always could see the techniques and things like that. And, and I'm I'm interested to see what. I'm interested to see what the, the the coaching points are going to be with Mike Solari. Is he more about feet, hands, body position? You know what I mean. All these things that that go into offensive line play, you can kind of garner those things watching a coach coach the drills and see what's important to him. And when you look at just in general, how some of these guys, not just in in formation, like when we talk about like different changes that they could have on the offensive line. Uh, overshown where he's lining up Fajoko three technique. I'm going to be interested to see, and, and I wonder how much this you think. Do you think we might see a little bit of Deuce Vaughn in the slot? Not just doing stuff out of the backfield, but like maybe motioning him out, or, or is this some stuff you think where we're going to we're going to be very limited on on what types of formations and usage that they're going to try and share with us? Yeah, I don't think they're really going to. You know, we might we might see the the rotation part of it. Uh, we'll see where they feel like that is Deuce getting work with the twos right off the jump is Jones getting work with the twos right off the jump uh, you know with Pollard we'll see how that whole thing plays out you know they might be cautious with him about his situation but you know I I kind of feel like that um, I don't think you're going to see him like out wide and things like that now maybe you'll see some slot work and things like that just as kind of a uh, hint, you know, remember last year it was guys lined up wide, bring them in motion. Now be in the backfield, you know. I, yeah, I, I I don't know how extensive it the look in OTAs and mini camps are going to be for guys that that might have a role as you know that might be scheme specific on a week to week basis. I I don't know if they want to show us that. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I told you earlier in the show, 7 p.m. Tuesday night, that is May 23rd. The Love of the Star crew, myself, Brian Broaddus, our producer, Peyton Russell, we are all going to be hanging out at Boomer Jacks at 10250 Technology Boulevard in Dallas. So come hang out with us. We'll have great drinks, great food. And you know what? Because it's Tuesday, that means it's half price bone and wings. And Wednesdays are half price boneless wings. So we got wing deals for you this week. And if you don't want to go on Tuesday or Wednesday, you don't want to come hang out with us on Tuesday, you want to just go to Boomer Jacks another night of the week. They have great specials for you all week long. Drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beers. It is a wonderful atmosphere. And you're going to want to check it out for whatever you're looking for, whether it's a happy hour with your coworkers, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, dinner with the family. Boomer Jacks is the perfect fit. For all of that, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setup, 
Boomerjacks really is the perfect spot. There are 17 DFW locations. Find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. So I was I, I was looking around this week. At, well, let me ask you something real quick, if you yeah, would, if yeah. I could. Sure. What, what just what are you looking for in the in the thing? You know, what are you looking I, for in the? In the I, I think the biggest thing is is where they're putting some of these rookies, like you mentioned earlier, where some yeah. like, might be lining up, uh, where they've got guys taking snaps on the offensive line. Honestly, the biggest thing I'll be looking for is what different combinations are all the different guys on the offensive line working. That's what, I, yeah, what, yeah. What yeah. positions am I seeing? You know, uh, are, are we going to see? somebody like awesome Richard snapping the ball or are we going to see him, you know, uh, working on a kick slide or is he going to be inside? Like, I'm going to be looking at what all the different type of work, the offensive line are doing individual drills, things like that. Um, so that's a big thing for me. And then obviously I'll be interested more just how much I see Mike McCarthy on top of Dak Prescott. Yeah. As Mike McCarthy's always been kind of like a general observer, kind of overseeing everything. He tends to stay closer to the quarterbacks but I'm going to see if there's a little more direct interaction with them uh, out here at OTAs now that he's going to be the offensive coordinator, essentially. He's going to be calling the plays. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how they're interacting and and just in general how some of these new coaches, where's Brian Schottenheimer focused? Uh, you know, is Scott Tolzien right on top of the action or is he, you know, back a little bit? Um, so so the coach interaction and, and what some of these offensive linemen are doing, I, I think, is is the biggest thing for me. No, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're dead on. I absolutely think you're dead on. So I was looking around this week, Brian, uh, trying to uh, find some different things that, you know, some takeaways from people to see where uh, the thought is that Dallas is off season, where Dallas stacks up against some of the other teams. Now that we are past the draft, and and you know the off season is pretty much settled outside of whatever June one type of signings you get, and I came across Bleacher Report's ranking. For uh, they, they were given letter grades out to the 32 teams, off-season report cards. And the Cowboys came up here. And I was stunned at the grade that they got. So before I, di- I dive into what their grade is, uh, would you agree, Brian, that regardless of how we evaluate the players it, that the Cowboys drafted, would you agree that whatever differences may exist in terms of the quality, we agree that they, they went and got players that at positions that they needed players they wouldn't got guys that that filled holes for them yeah yeah I you know to me I I feel like that it was a very productive offseason for them I think they protected themselves in a couple different areas going out and get a veteran cornerback like they did uh, with Gilmore uh, adding uh, Cooks to the wide receiver room when that was a guy that they were they were clearly hunting at the trade deadline last year and they were able to, you know, pull it off the way they were, uh, you know, this time around. So I, uh, I think that part of it, the draft itself, uh, we'll see if, uh, you know, did they, did they do the right thing of taking the one technique, uh, you know, defensive tackle? Is that something that they, you know, is that something that, you know, now that uh, they got Hankins done, Mozzie Smith. I mean, where's the combination going to be there? How's that? How is that going to play? Uh, you know, there were some guys at 26 that they could have, you know, could have uh, could have drafted, and but you know, they they thought enough of Mozzie Smith to get that done. So, you know, if he comes in here and and does everything he's kind of built to be able to do, 
well, then, yeah, this offseason got got much better for them. And, you know, I, I we'll see what happens with Overshone and him. Schoonmaker, we, we feel like Schoonmaker will be an effective blocker at the point of attack. I think he's a little bit underrated as a, a pass catcher. Yeah. So, you know, those are the kinds of things. We, we saw what their draft can be, you know, what we learned last year that, you know, the Sam Williams and, and Blands and guys like that could play. We not too sure if Tolbert can play. That's what this. Uh, that's what this. This off season will mean something when you get into the season, and it's like, oh, you got contributions from the guys you traded for. Oh, you got contributions from three guys you drafted. Oh, and this guy they kind of thought uh, was going to be a, a you know a helping piece, end up being inactive every week. You know, that's that's what we'll learn once the season gets going, and I think that's where you grade the off season for the Cowboys. So if you were to grade just the draft, just the draft class, not the free agent stuff, draft class, yeah. letter grade, what what letter grade would you give that? I would give it a B. I would think that's it's where, that's where I was at. A B. Yeah, I, th- I think it was very. I think there were some solid pieces there. Uh, you know where they where they got Mozzie Smith. You know, I, to me, there was going to be there was going to be a. You know, and and we talked about this bunch in the draft show, Bobby. We even talked about it here in this podcast, Love of the Star, is that there were going to be a situation where they probably had to go around early on some of these players. They had to go, you know, yeah. they they might have went, you know, they went, they they in my opinion, they probably went ten picks, you know, early on Mozzie Smith. That's fine. Yeah, no problem there. That's, but you know, going a whole round early on Schoonmaker, going a whole round early on Overshone, uh, you know, those are uh, those are things that you know they felt like they probably couldn't get back around to those guys, and they had to make those picks. And you know, when you're picking at the bottom of the board, that's something you absolutely have to deal with. You know, every time you're picking players. And so a B there, I think a B is solid. Obviously can go higher or lower depending on what kind of performance we see. But in terms of covering needs and and guys that you got, I think a B is very fair. Uh, So when you look at the Cowboys offseason, I think there are four moves that basically determine how you feel about the Cowboys offseason. So I'm just going to ask you on each one just really quickly kind of where you would this. The Brandon Cooks trade, what letter grade would you give that trade? I think that's an I think that's an A. I, I think yes. that's an A because they have questions about Gallup and they have questions about uh Tolbert. And we learned last year in the playoff game when they lost Pollard, then the the number of weapons that you had affected the way that they played. What grade would you give the Stefan Gilmore? And I agree, Brandon Cooks is an A trade, especially considering what you were gonna give up in at the trade deadline. You waited a little longer, gave up less. But what uh, grade would you give the Stephon Gilmore trade? I think that's more of a B right now for me, and I'll say it in this way because I feel like that Bland could probably be your starter. But what you've done is what you've done is with Diggs, and it could have been Diggs and Bland and Lewis could have you know you could have been I think you could have been just fine. Gilmore to me, like I said, that's a B with the chance to go to go up to B plus, maybe even an A. You know he's going to start, and we'll see how he plays opposite there's people that think that he has something left in the tank and but it gives you the opportunity to develop bland a little more maybe even at nickel so if Diggs, gilmore and bland are your starters then that thing has a chance to to be an a but that was a position where i kind of felt like that they they had some guys there 
But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it complete. I I'm all for Bland potentially starting. That that's kind of where I'm at. So the Gilmore trade, I understand why they did it. But man, you know, Bland's a lot like to me, like Tyler Smith. I want to see him keep playing. You know, yeah. I I want to see him keep playing. So, uh, but where the wide receiver, you absolutely needed something there at corner. I felt like it's a good way of protecting themselves. And we'll see. It's got a possibility to be an A, but man, I, I'll tell you what. It's it's uh, it, 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 if it affects the way that Bland or the opportunities that Bland gets, you know, I hope he can. I hope he can shine in those those chances he does get. Which I think uh, I think that the acquisition of Gilmore. I, I think it's a three corner league. It's basically a nickel league at this point. Sure. And so I think you do need three good corners as starters. And so I think they just upgraded what they had in terms of, I think it's Diggs, Gilmore, Bland. I think that's their corner group. Yeah. Um, so that's why when I look at it, I, I, I still grade the Gilmore trade as an A. I think Gilmore and yeah. Cook both are, are A's for me. Uh, the decision to walk away from Ezekiel Elliott, what what grade would you give that process? Well, that's, you know, they they, they that was probably one that they, you know, to me, I, I give them the, – <laughs> If you could give them an A for walking away, you're going to give them an A for walking away. And and that's I know that sounded funny the way I just said it, yeah. but yeah, it was kind of confusing. No, but, I get I get what you mean though. Yeah, but to me, that's you know th- this this organization has had a history here recently for moving on from guys. You know, and let's be honest. You know, the next the next couple of guys that you can move away from will be Tyron Smith and maybe even a Michael Gallup if Michael Gallup doesn't you know doesn't show you what he needs to show you. So I give them an A for realizing they, you know, needed to do something different. I don't know if I want to give them an, uh, you know, but is it a C for replacing the potential, you know, of, of Zeke? Is it, a, you know, did they not? I, 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 think, I, I think Ronald Jones I, is a better player. Right. Oh, now. no, I do. And I, I was just thinking replacing as far as maybe somebody to be a starter in 2024. You know, oh yeah, they, sure. Like, like, could they have gone? You know, Roshan Johnson. Could they have gone somebody? You know, differently. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of questions at the running back spot. You know, we could very well be in a situation where, uh, where Tony Pollard is much like what we saw with Dalton Schultz. One year can't get it done, and you move on from there. You know, kind of a thing. And okay, well, who is is Deuce Vaughn going to be the guy? I think Deuce Vaughn is capable, but I, you know, I, I think this is a, a league where you need a couple of those guys. And how did you feel about the decision to uh, let Dalton Schultz walk? Yeah, that that I, I had no problem with that one either. I, I I would give him an A on that one too. I mean, to me, that's now we'll see with we'll see. It's not so much about Schoonmaker, but it's about you know it's about you know Hendershot and you know and Ferguson. You know those guys have got to show that they're better than 19, 20, 25 catches. You know, they're going to have to become, you know, 50, 60, 65, 70 catch guys, you know, and, but if both of them together, you know, one gets, you know, one gets 60, the other gets 48, you know, if you're talking about a hundred and 108 catches between two guys and whatever else Schoonmaker gets, then moving on from Dalton Schultz was a good move on their part. So then it sounds like, I mean, you say a B for the draft class. It sounds, you know, that was all B's and A's for, for those four main offseason moves, which I think encapsulate. You know, but let me tell you this, Bobby, the spot that they might get an F on is the kicker. Kicker. Yeah. Kicker. You know, we haven't seen, we haven't seen what their plan is for kicker. We haven't, 
You know, we haven't no, – no established uh, veteran kicker has been added or no college free agent guy that we don't know has not been added uh, to this to this group. So they could they could get an F for that, uh, you know, if in fact that they don't, you know, if it's somebody that comes in here and, you know, it's just you know that doesn't get the job done. I'd like to believe they're going to find somebody that can get the job done. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What you were saying? If they don't find a left guard, this thing could be no, no. I was just saying a left guard. Like I figured when you said the F, that maybe an F is if the left guard blows up in their face. But yeah. It's it's funny. I think those four moves were the crux of the offseason of what they tried to do. And yeah. so I thought all those generally were pretty strong moves. I, I like Dalton Schultz. I understand why they didn't want to make the payment. I, I get it. Um, and so I I don't have a problem with it totally. But I mean, I, I, I would have kept him here. But all that to say, does it surprise you that on Bleacher Report's offseason report card, Brian, for the draft, they're giving the Cowboys a C plus. Okay. And for their off-season moves, they're giving them a B minus for a cumulative grade at this off-season of a C plus. Well, you know that it's I, I can understand. I are, are we are we being? Do we need to evaluate ourselves? Are we too close to this or something? Because I feel like we're usually pretty level-headed, and we'll say if we disagree. So when I see, I, a, I, I love the move. I love the move of Cooks. I love the move of yeah. Cooks. I understand the move of Gilmore. It protected them. Uh, on that, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, but you know, I, I find it, I find it hard to say a C plus is really, you know, they, hell they've done, they've done far worse in off seasons and got C's and C pluses, you know, yeah. but I think I, to me, I, I think it's a, I think it's a solid B they, they, they took compensatory picks and instead of making those picks, they went out and got veteran players. They got real veteran players. They didn't yeah. just get any slappy veteran players. They got guys that could actually play, you know. And 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 I I think it's important that I think that I think the the uh, Cooks one is huge. There's there are questions at wide receiver. There are some questions there. There's some questions about Gallup, and there's some questions about uh, Tolbert, you know. And you're protecting yourself for sure on that one. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I told you earlier in the show, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. That is May 23rd. The Love of the Star crew, myself, Brian Broaddus, our producer, Peyton Russell, we are all going to be hanging out at Boomer Jacks at 10250 Technology Boulevard in Dallas. So come hang out with us. We'll have great drinks, great food. And you know what? Because it's Tuesday, that means it's half-price bone-in wings. And Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So we got wing deals for you this week. And if you don't want to go on Tuesday or Wednesday, you don't want to come hang out with us on Tuesday, you want to just go to Boomer Jacks another night of the week, they have great specials for you all week long. Drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beers. It is a wonderful atmosphere. And you're going to want to check it out for whatever you're looking for, whether it's a happy hour with your coworkers, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, Dinner with the family. Boomer Jacks is the perfect fit for all of that. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setup. Boomer Jacks really is the perfect spot. There are 17 DFW locations. Find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag, and we'll back end this, uh, like I said, with some of the answers off YouTube from last week's uh, listener question. Uh, first question here 
from Big Red TLC. Any idea if this draft class will have an immediate impact this season other than number one, first pick, I guess. Uh, do any of them get significant playing time? And I think there is a decent chance Luke Schoonmaker is the primary tight end on this football team. Yeah, the, the thing about I think that, you know, if you want to they're, – they're taking Mozzie Smith out of the picture, right, is the way that I read the question or understand the question here. Uh, yeah, Schoonmaker's going to get opportunity. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens at linebacker uh, with Overshone. Uh, because to me, there's questions about, you know, with Clark and Cox, uh, that, that there's, you know, the, who, uh, who of that group. And Leighton Vanderesh is established, but, you know, will Overshone come in and will it be too big for him? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm betting that, you know, he'll probably pick things up, but they don't need, they don't need for him to be, like Cox, because Cox was, you know, one step forward, two steps back, just never was able to completely pick things up, was never completely able to uh, be a part of even the rotation special teams, you know, uh, just kind of played himself into being inactive, you know, and maybe it had something to do with the knee recovery and things, but uh, they, they, uh, um, I'll be interested to see with Fahoko and how that really all shakes out. Uh, uh, for him, you know, uh, awesome Richards could be a guy that all of a sudden develops into a, a guy that's active every week because he's a better than a serviceable, you know, swing tackle. He's a guy that's shown that, Hey, he deserves to be dressed every week as one of the 48. So, you know, that could be a possibility. We'll see what happens with the corner, you know, from Southern Miss, uh, you know, on special teams. Is he a guy, I mean, he's, shown the ability to tackle, to, to be around uh, the ball, uh, to be physical. Um, it might not be too big for him. So they've got some guys that can contribute, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the, the, the top three guys will probably contribute the most. Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably fair. Um, like I said, Schoonmaker is the one that, that stands out to me. He's a guy who will get a lot of opportunity. But, you know, we, we got this sense – I think talking to uh, some of the scouts when they came in and talked to us at DallasCowboys.com on day three, man, it sounds like they really like DeMarvian Overshone a yeah. lot. Sounds like they yeah. think way highly of him, more so than I think a lot of people in the draft, you know, the the tw- draft Twitter community had thought about Overshone. It seemed like the Cowboys had, had a really high opinion of him, specifically Mitch LaPointe, the uh, director of college scouting. Well, we'll see what happens too with Deuce Vaughn. You know, that's a – that's a pick that a lot of people are very excited about. And let's hope that this uh, this new coaching staff, when it comes to the new OC, the new running back coach, that they that they get him acclimated quickly as opposed to what we saw from the history or how things worked with Pollard when he first got here. You know, that they find reasons to put him on the field and he can contribute that way. Uh, next question here from Josh Weaver, which second year player do you think is going to make the biggest jump this season? I can tell you the guy, the Cowboys hope it is, is Jalen Tolbert, the receiver yeah. of Alabama. That's who you need it to be. Um, will it? We'll see. Uh, I know they think highly of Matt Willetsko as well. A guy who kind of had his season thrown off a little bit by injury. Uh, but I think the two obvious candidates here are probably Willetsko and, and Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, I think Tolbert, they, they really, 
you know, if you look at the Cowboys, and I, I think I'm correct about this, they added a receiver, as we've mentioned with Cooks, that could be a, a, a great addition. But then they really didn't add another receiver in what till the seventh round? Sixth yeah. round, seventh round. So in Brooks. So to me, that they are putting a lot of a lot of faith in Tolbert. You know, we everybody had them maybe adding a receiver at 26. And they didn't do that. They just they they marched on. They didn't add one the second, the third, the fourth. They didn't, you know. So there's a lot of faith in Jalen Tolbert going forward. And this could be a very, a very uh, beneficial, uh, you know, being patient with him. It could be very beneficial, or it could be very, bla- uh, very uh, blatant that that he is not good enough to play, and they'll probably have to move on from him. But they, they're going to give him every opportunity. The OTAs, we're seeing a lot of videos, a lot of clips of him and Dak working together. You know, the old shirts off, everybody's sweating, working hard bit. You know, we've seen a lot of those pictures. So let's uh, let's see if, uh, in fact, that uh, that Tolbert shows up in these and be in better than these clips. Yeah, we need now, it. Uh, everybody, every no, everybody loves the old workout pictures. No, of course. Loves- Oh, every oh, look at these guys working hard. Yeah, spending time with Dak. You know, hey, let's see when we feel the lights come on. We put on the pads if we're making plays. Brian I, I, and I, what, I, Brian I, and I are going to take it. Brian and I are going to take workout photos at the Boomer Jacks tomorrow night. There you uh, go. Yeah. You guys, you guys want to be part of those photos? You can be in there with us on I'm those. I'm just workouts. telling you though. I'm just telling you though that that if uh, you know the, the, he he's got to step up. He's got to step up. I mean they. You know, if I mean, you, you they, they've got, you know, Lamb and Cooks, somebody's got to be that three. And, you know, if he's good enough to, you know, if he's good enough to put Gallup on the bench and, you know, that that would be great. And I, I thought he was going to be a hell of a player. I, I mean, it's that right now is looking like a bad miss for me watching him play. Oh, I was I was very high on him. But still am. I, I still think he can be very good, but there, we we need to see it pretty early in camp. Yeah. Just some of these things. Uh, question from Victor. He says, "Serious question: Can Tyron Smith play guard?" I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I really don't. And uh, you know, we saw what happened with Tyron Smith even trying to play right tackle a little bit last year. It just it's just not natural for him. And I don't see him playing guard. And you know, I I I'm gonna be I'm probably gonna be wrong here. He's going to probably play left tackle, and Tyler Smith's going to play left guard, and we'll see how that uh, how that all plays out for the you know until something you know. What Tyler uh, Tyron Smith played a complete season, I believe, until what 2015 was that the he, last time? A, he, yeah, yeah, he's never played a complete season in Dak Prescott's career. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, that's it. It's so sad to say that about an individual, but it, it's true. It's so true, and so. You know, maybe all this, you know, uh, grinding of teeth and all that about Tyler Smith having to play guard, maybe it'll all take care of itself. But I hope not. I mean, I hope that I hope that, that Tyron Smith can stay healthy, but I, I, I just don't see him playing guard. I'm sorry. I just don't. All right. Let's get a couple of these uh, answers in from the question we asked last week. We had uh, asked the listeners who they think will start at left guard in week one of the 2023 season. So, uh, first answer here, these are all in the YouTube comment section if you guys want to answer the question we asked back at the beginning 
of today's show. Uh, Mike Jones says, I think Edoga starts at left guard because I actually watched some. Mike Jones? Yeah, yeah, not, not that Mike Jones. Oh, uh, what are you watch, supposed to say uh, with Mike Jones? What are you supposed to say? There's a who? That goes, Mike who? Jones. Mike Jones. <laughs> See, who? yeah, you, you know. I, I, uh, I yeah. He, he says, I think Edoga starts at left guard. Watch some of his tape playing in Atlanta. Seems like he has good feet, doesn't struggle getting to the second level. I think the Cowboys need to posture as if Tyron has the job at left tackle to make him feel like it was a competition. But ultimately, Tyron Smith will be the swing tackle, and Tyler Smith stays at left tackle with Edoga playing alongside him. Brian, I don't totally disagree with Mike Jones there. No, I don't agree with I don't disagree with Mike Jones either. I really don't. Uh, Daryl Hill going with a little bit of a dark horse candidate. He says, I think TJ Bass will be the starting left guard. Wow. All and right. I don't think they want to move Tyler away from less left tackle. And I also believe they would like to start building towards like the future. I'm like expecting Bass's traits and play demeanor to allow him to really show well at offensive guard when they get to camp. Uh, Adam Krupa says he's going with Chumi Doga in his ideal world though. It would be uh, Tyler Smith. Uh, and then uh, last one here from Peter Hunt. He says, Tyler played, uh, Tyron played left tackles entire career, moving him to right tackles, an emergency move late in the season. Tyler has only one year at left tackle. It's much easier for him to move the left guard, staying on the same side of the line. So there's yeah, some. That's, that's, they're, they're probably not wrong. There, there's some of the answers from our, our listeners there, there to close up the Dean Julie Love the Star mailbag. And again, Two things uh, for you guys to interact with Son. One, we asked the question at the beginning of the episode, will Michael Gallup have a bounce back season? Drop your answers in the YouTube comments section. We'll read those answers next week at the end of the show. And then Tuesday night, 10-250, Technology Boulevard in Dallas, Boomer Jacks. I'll be there. Brian Broaddus will be there. Peyton Russell will be there, our producer. And some of our other 105-Food fan teammates like Eric Chiafalo and Zach Wolchuk, who are also on the Cowboys pre- and post-game radio network. Um, we're gonna have a good time watching the Dallas Stars, but also talking Cowboys football, having drinks, eating food. It's gonna be a great time. We hope we can see you there. Uh, until next time, when we talk to you guys later this week about OTAs, he's Brian Broaddus. I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later. <laughs>